stretch your hands towards Reverend Thompson. Preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Reverend Thompson. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever In his arms, I'll protected. In his arms, never disconnected. Thank you, Lord, for just bringing us here together once again. Bringing us together to fellowship with one another, to draw closer to one another. Most of all, draw closer to you. Lord God, we just pray, Lord, that you just speak a word through me. Take away self and you increase, Lord Jesus. For I'm standing here, I am weak. But through you, I am made strong. And I just ask that you preach the word through me so someone may receive a word from you. So someone may draw closer to you. So someone that is lost may be saved in your holy and precious name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning, Mission. What a blessing and an honor it is to be here to preach God's holy word. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. I'm going to be coming out of the book of Luke, chapter 10, starting at verse 38. That's the book of Luke, chapter 10. Starting at verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she and her sister 
called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Yes, she was. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. You may be seated. Now, I want to briefly talk about this contrast between Mary and Martha. You see, Jesus in the flesh, I might say again that he was in the flesh, and he walked into Mary and Martha's house. And in the midst of all that, Martha, she decided to be at the Lord's feet and to listen to his word. But on the other hand, you had Martha who was distracted from much serving. Her mind and heart was everywhere else but on the Lord's. And she became frustrated at her sister Martha, her sister Mary, I'm sorry, (laughs) And you see, this is what happens a lot of time in our daily life. It not only happens outside of church, but it also happens in the church. We get distracted. Or we get too busy. Are we so used to our traditional ways that we forgot about our first love in Jesus Christ? And I believe that's what is happening more and more in these times and days that we've gotten so used to being in the church or we got so used to and caught up in our positions that we forgot who was our first priority. And that's Jesus Christ. I want to ask a question today. What is serving? Serving is the action of helping or doing work for someone else. Come on now. But in this case, in this story, Martha wanted help, but Mary chose to do what was first. And that was serve the Lord. You see, you can be in many situations and your circumstances and, and it can be so many things around you that's distracting you. Yeah. And getting it may get you out your element. Sometimes we get caught up in our emotions and we forget that Jesus is in control. When we give our problems and we cast our cares into the Lord, for He cares for all of our needs. And He understands all our troubles. When we give it to Him and be not anxious for anything. And pray and do not worry. Everything in our lives will run a lot smoother. It may be rough, 
but we can go through those rough times with a peace, with joy. Pray and do not worry. Think about those godly things, and the God of peace will be among us. As Christians, we are called to ultimately serve the Lord. Serving and loving others is pleasing to the Lord only if we are working out of the love of Jesus Christ. Genuine love is only displayed through our faith in Jesus. See, I can go back to James chapter 2, starting at verse 14, where it talks about faith without works is dead. But when you really read the scripture, it's the other way around. It's works without faith is dead. Because you can be busy, you can be working on your job, you can be thinking you're doing the right thing, but if your heart and mind ain't on Jesus, you ain't doing the right thing at all. See, we can be thinking we're doing the right thing and we can be doing the wrong thing. And that's why we as Christians especially, we need to wake up as soon as God gives us breath. We need to acknowledge God. We need to pray to him. We need to thank God for what he has done for us. We need to pray and ask him to guide us before we make any decisions in our lives, especially major decisions. Because he will guide us and lead us. And we may get off track sometimes. But when we're in Jesus, we can get right back on track. Thank you, Jesus. You see, work is one of God's given functions for us all. If you look back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God said to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. And when he said fruitful and multiply, he wasn't just talking about uh, sexual production. He was talking more than just sexuality. He was talking us to be able to be able to work, being able to produce, being able to plant good seeds, so that our good, the good fruit, the good, so that we can have a good harvest, so we can reap for the benefits of, of planting those good seeds. You know, you don't have to necessarily have children to be fruitful and multiply. Jesus walked this earth for 33 years and did not sin at all. He did not have children. But what he did do was spread the gospel. And that's what we need to do here as Christians. We need to spread the gospel. It's gotten to a point now that there's so many people that don't believe in God. Some people that even was raised in the church have gone astray from the church, have denied God, have gave up on their faith. But God never left us. He never forsook us. He's always been there right by our side. Even through the pain, even through our sorrows, even through rumors of wars, he's there. And he's in control. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus is real. Don't give up on Jesus. He's the best thing that ever happened to you. Anyone that tells you that Jesus is not real, they're a lie. The devil is a liar. And the truth is not in him. The devil comes to kill, steal, and 
destroyed. But Jesus come that we may have life and have it more abundant. We sit up here sometimes and I know that, you know, material things can be nice. We know we, that's a distraction as well. You know, I think that's, that's one of our major distractions in America. This material, that's, that's our God. We, we, that's an idol. We put, we put our idols before God. And, and our number one priority should be Jesus Christ. We, we want to say, oh, you know, um, I'll wait to give myself to God when I get this house. I'll wait, my, wait to give myself to God when I get myself right. It may be too late for you to get yourself right. The only way you can get yourself right is through Jesus. Work or ambition itself isn't the problem. What's the issue? What the issue comes down to is our heart and motivation and priorities. And these are the three points I'm going to make as I go through the body of my sermon. is heart, motivation, and priority. But before I go into the question I like to ask the church today is, what distractions have gotten in the way of you serving the Lord? And if I would have to put a title on this sermon, it's to be careful of not letting distractions to get in the way of you serving the Lord. You know, it's, it's nothing wrong with serving or working, but Martha's mind, it, it was everything else but on the Lord's. This caused Martha to get frustrated with Mary. Mary was, had a desire and she loved the Lord. And as soon as she came in, she bowed down at his feet. She gave reverence and worshiped the Lord. She honored him and she listened to his word. This is what we all should be doing because there's things in our lives and in our hearts that are messed up. We need a we need a, a heart transplant. Some people say some people say that to follow your heart, but I, I, I beg to differ because our hearts are messed up without Jesus. Jesus is the answer to all of our lives. He is our life. He is the way, the truth, and life. And we can't have life more abundantly without him. We can have all the cars. We can live on a mansion in a hill, white picket fence with a dog. Everything just seemed perfect. The Partridge family. But even the Partridge family had problems. All families are dysfunctional. We all are dysfunctional. That's why Jesus told us to forgive and love one another. Because when you look at yourself, you know that you ain't right yourself. So how dare we judge one another and come down on one another when we ain't right ourselves? I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for even humbling myself because I haven't done things right myself. I have been weak myself. 
And that's what God does. He uses a weak vessel like me to proclaim his name so that he can get the glory. I, I, I can admit I, I, I lost control a lot of times, but I thank God that I didn't lose control uh, plenty of times. I could have lost control a lot more than I did, but thanks be to God that he kept me. And he, he, he kept me and he corrected me and he put me in my place. And I was able to repent from my sins and to ask for forgiveness. And now, therefore, I can put that behind me and I can move forward and walk with my head up. I don't have to be ashamed for what I've done. I don't have to be ashamed for the wrong that I've caused because I know in Jesus that I'm all right. I know that in Jesus, I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a king in Jesus. We all are kings and queens in Jesus. But you got to believe it. You gotta believe it. Don't believe, don't sit and listen to everybody and every the one that's, that's jealous of you. Everyone that is haters, so-called haters, that don't really care nothing about you. Every time you come down, they want to bring you down even more because they down they self. You hook up with some people that's gonna lift you up. You hook up with some people that's gonna encourage you. Jesus loves us. He loves us unconditionally. He loves us sacrificially. And he showed us by dying on the cross for our sins and rising on the third day. We can't do it without him. Unfortunately, Having our minds off Jesus can decrease our motivation to do right. Sometimes we, uh, and, and this is where sometimes our ulterior motives come in. And we start putting our faith in other things aside from God. And our hopes in other things or other people. But I want to get to my first point. And my first point and I'm going to be dealing with the heart a little bit. And Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, the heart is more than a pump that pumps blood through our body. The heart is also like a mini brain. There are like 400 places in the Bible that uses the word heart as a place of intellect, Thought, emotion, character, love, compassion, and even faithfulness. In Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 13, Paul really talks about this profoundly, how we battle with the flesh, how we how we have, it's the battle of the mind, the battle of the flesh and spirit. And we go in and out the spirit all the time, even as Christians. Uh Sometimes we don't want to admit that, but just being real, we, even when we have a desire to do right, sometimes we always wind up doing wrong. 
And this is why we need Jesus in our hearts. This is why we desperately need him in our hearts. We, we desperately need a heart transplant. We need Jesus, and, and we can't get things right without him. I mean, we, we sit and, and we can walk in the church, and sometimes we act like we don't even know each other sometimes. We walk in the church and just frown up our nose at one another. Are we pick and choose or who we want to speak to one day? But that's not what Christ told us to do. Christ told us to love everyone, even our enemies. He told us to, bless, to pray for those that even persecute us. But that's a hard thing to do when you're hurt, right? Sometimes loving when it hurts, hurts the most. But I'm here to tell you, it can heal you at the same time. When you really get in the Lord and you really start praying and you really start seeing him for who he is. And you really start to understand that our God is an unconditional loving God. And of all the stuff that I've done wrong and he still had enough heart to love me. Why could I be that to someone else? How could I be that to someone else? See, we have to get to the point that we just got to start letting, stop letting our emotions to make the decisions for ourselves. We shouldn't let our emotions derive, derive off of emotions derive off of the things that we do of our situations and circumstances. Because our situations and circumstances, we're going to always have problems. It's inevitable in this life. Faith is not easy. But all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Even Christians should pray before they make decisions, especially major decisions. It is, it is not good for for uh, us to make decisions based off our emotions. It is very dangerous. It can be very dangerous at times. This is how a lot of uh, homicide and suicide uh, uh, cases happen. You know, um, and whether we admit it or not, you know, we may have not have committed murder, uh, but we, uh, it's, it's been in our hearts. It's been in our hearts. We sit and watch the news and we sit up here and say, oh, that is so wrong, that is sick, and uh, how could they do that? But you know, that could be us. Thanks be to God, it wasn't us. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a preacher, but I ain't ashamed to tell my weakness. I had times where I thought things like that. I had times where I had suicidal thoughts. You know, but thanks be to God that he kept me. I wouldn't have been here to preach the word today. We got to stop judging people, man. We don't, we don't know what people have been through. We don't know what they're going through. You know, it, it gets really rough out here. You know, for all people. And I don't mean to uh, 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 categorize things or, or, or put it on race, but especially as our African-American people, it's rough. And our men, our, our, our men really need an encouragement. 
Our women do too, but our, our African-American men, we need to be encouraged. And I feel like we're not encouraged enough. You know, we, we got Mother's Day and everything else, and, and everybody acknowledging the mothers, but when a, when a Father's Day come around, you don't even hear nothing about nobody acknowledging the father for real. And, and maybe, that's because, maybe that's because he's not present, but if we start encouraging them more, then maybe they will be present. I'm not, I'm not trying to make no excuses for the wrong things, but I'm just speaking the truth, so don't shoot the messenger. Too many people are bashing the, 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 the men that are trying to, that, that God called to, to rule the world. Women equally as well, they're not beneath our head of us. They're supposed to be beside us. But the men are, we're, we're kings in Jesus Christ. They're, we're, we're royal, and our queens have got to work beside us. I mean, you know, uh, queens, they, they're not just to be pampered and lay around and just pam and with, the, with the palm tree fanning on them. Uh, you know, uh, when Gen in Genesis, when God, created, when God created man and woman, they both worked. Uh, it made a bit, uh, um, Eve made a cheered on Adam as he was doing his thing, but she was right beside him doing her thing too. And they was both working together. So we got to the point now that, oh, you supposed to do this as a man, and you supposed to do this as a woman, but we need to be worried about ourselves, and we need to be ultimately working for the Lord and pleasing the Lord, because we all got to work to do in Jesus, whether it's woman, whether it's man, whether it's black, white, whether it's homosexual, whether it's not homosexual, we all have a work to do for Jesus. I may get a little fired up right now, but I'm I, I filled with the Holy Ghost, man. I, I haven't ate in like two days, so I'm just full right now. I'm full in the Holy Spirit. I'm full that God is just so good. He let me, he reminded me that I could deal without eating solid food for two days. All I drunk was water, and that just lets me know that he is in control. We don't, we don't, all the things that we, we attach to, we don't have to, we can let go of it. We can let go of it. We can let go of our cell phones sometimes. That's a distraction. We can let go of social media sometimes. You know, and I, sometimes we put so much emphasis on drugs and all that. But what about Facebook? What about social media? We, it's so many of uh, 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 families have been broken up just because of Facebook. And I know people are getting tired of pe people talking about Facebook, but it's true. I've been in on it a couple times, and I just had to get off of it. It was, it was a distraction. It wasn't healthy for me. You know, uh, I, I mean, you know, sometimes it, it is not just Facebook. It's even the, 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 uh, the, the TV, the television, media. The media is controlled by evil forces, whether we realize it or not. Whether we realize it or not. I mean, we sit up here and think, uh, I mean, they make the pictures look nice and, 
and make everybody skipping around and holding hands. But a lot of the subliminal messages that they send sometimes, even though they look good, they're evil. And we got to be aware of those things. We got to be aware of those things. They're breaking up our homes. They're, 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 they're uh, making, I mean, marriages, the divorce is at an all-time high, you know, and, and it's crazy, and it's madness, and, 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 and Jesus is, is speaking through me to let you know to don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on your first love. Don't give up on your first love. Do the sin, the human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately weak, wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah said this in 17, chapter 17, verse 9. Who can know the heart? Who can know it? I mean, one moment we have a desire to do right. The next few minutes we don't even do what we even thought about doing. I mean, it could be like a plethora of reasons why. It could be fear, anything. You know, but we got to get to the point where we got to stop trying to figure things out and just trust the Lord. God never told us to figure it out. He told us to trust in him. He told us not to lean on our own understanding. But acknowledge him with all of our heart and trust him so that he may direct our path. Even in walking in his path, it may get a little shaky. It may hurt sometimes. But when you go through it, you come out clean. You come out much happier. You come out with a joy that nobody can take away. You come out with a joy that the enemy cannot steal. And I just want to let you know right now, the devil is already defeated. He's already defeated. So we don't have to stay in our mess, especially if we're believers in Jesus Christ. We can get up as soon as we made that mess. We can clean it up in Jesus' name. Forgive me for my fire. I mean, I may be a little too much, but when you got Jesus, and when you got Jesus in your heart, you just can't hold back, man. You can't hold back. Cause this, this ain't, this ain't, I ain't, I ain't like this just on Sunday. I'm like this every day of the week. You know, I, I, I said, Jesus is my everything, man. I know that I can't do nothing without him. I wake up every morning before I go to work. I pray to God and ask him to guide my steps, to guide my tongue. And if I should do any, if I've done anything wrong, or if I should do anything wrong in the future, forgive me, Lord. But my plan and my desire is to please you. Is to please you first, then my family, then my brothers and sisters in Christ. My next point I would like to give. I would like to speak on his motivation. Thinking about Jesus and all he's done and what he will do for us will give us hope. Even through the roughest times, God of peace will be with us. When our minds are stayed on Jesus and on the good and maintaining a positive mindset, in Philippians 4, starting at verse 6, going through verse 9, Paul 
well inspired by God through Paul. <laughs> he said, do not be anxious for nothing. But you see, sometimes we do it. Fear gets in. It can be, you know, your first day on your job, nerves get to you. It could be just you, you having a bad dream and you waking up thinking it's real and you know, then the whole day can be messed up. But I'm here to tell you that when you keep your mind truly stayed on Jesus, and I, and I know, and just being realistic, sometimes your mind ain't going to start off on Jesus. But you better get it on Jesus before it be too late. See, when you, when you think about the good things, and you think about, just, just first of all, you think about what Jesus has done for us on Calvary. Just dying on the cross for our sins when we weren't even deserving of it. Thank God for his mercy and grace, first of all. Because if it wasn't for his mercy and grace, we would not, none of us would be here. Even for the ones that don't believe in him. If it wasn't for his mercy, we, a lot of us still wouldn't even be breathing today. It's because of his mercy, mercy that, he, that he, we have life today. A lot of us have life today. And for the believer in Christ, we have grace. Yes, sir. We have unmerited grace. Thank you. It's undeserving. We don't deserve his grace. But he loves us just that much that no matter what we've done, that he still is there for us. And this is the perfect example we should be following. Instead of comparing ourselves to one another, we should be comparing ourselves to Jesus Christ. He will humble us. He will humble us. You know, Jesus took off his, 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 his role of glory to humble himself. He humbled us. This is why a lot of people were confused. Is this God? Is this God? He, they thought he was going to come down like Superman. But really, he was trying to give us all a spiritual heart transplant. And let us know that we are messed up. Let us know that our hearts is wicked. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Hallelujah. We must keep our, but we, but you got to understand that you can't have the proper motivation unless your, if your heart is not in the right place. So that's why Jesus, you have your heart on Jesus or your mind on Jesus because they all come together. They all hand in hand. Your heart and mind, because like I said, your heart is like a mind. It is a mind. It's a mini brain. And this is why the Bible talks about the, the heart so much. It's drilling it in us to let us know that we can't do nothing without him, without Jesus. It's drilling us, it's, the Bible is drilling us to let us know that he is in control. It's letting us know that we need to keep our hearts in the Lord in order for us to walk a righteous path. I know sometimes we like to walk that, 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 that wide path, walk, walk the fast-paced the fast life. But 
There's something about when you walk that narrow path, that straight and narrow path. It may, you may not, you may can't go too far to the left, but you may, and you may not can't go too far to the left. But when you keep your eyes and you keep walking straight towards Jesus, no matter what comes your way on the left or on the right, when you keep your eyes on Jesus, there's no distractions. There's nobody, there's nothing that can get in the way of you serving the Lord. And even if you do get off track, even if you do got off track, even if you do fall down, Jesus is right there to pick you up. But you got to believe it. You got to believe it. We have to believe it, saints. We are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. If he is for us, who can be against us? We are his chosen people. He elected us. And if we're not out there reaching out to those that are in need, then we're not doing God's will. We're not doing what God called us to do. It's so easy and so comfortable just to sit in the church, but it's more work to do outside the church than within the walls of the church. It's work to do. That's what serving is. It's an act of helping or working for someone. And we lost that. We lost that. We, we, we dress up in our fine clothes. We cover up. We cover up the hurt and pain. Sometimes people need to see the hurt and pain. Some people need, that's keeping it real. That's the word, that's what they say now, keep it real. We need to start keeping it real, y'all. A lot of us being fake. A lot of us being fake. We put on this facade that we're moving forward. We put on this facade that everything is okay. We put on this facade that, you know, we have peace. When true and all, we're hurting. We're hurting. Come on, y'all. Can I get a witness? We're hurting. It ain't easy out there. Sometimes as Christians, we, we're, that's, that's our problem as Christians. We walk around like we got it all together when we don't. We need to be telling people that I'm, I've, I've been where you've been. And I'm probably still going through what you're going through. That's what people need to hear. They don't need us to walk around with our heads up high and thinking more highly than we ought to think. As the scriptures tell us not to think more highly than we ought to think. They don't need that. People know that we're not perfect. People know it. You can't fool nobody. I mean, I, I used to be fooled, I'm gonna be honest. For a moment when I was younger, and when I became wiser, I started to see like, even if somebody tried to paint the picture that they was okay, that they had it all together, I know even in myself I'm not right, so I know you're not right. <laughs> I, and, and that's just being honest. That's, just, that, that's why we need to, every day we need to have self-examination. We need to, we have to, need to have self-observation. We need to thoroughly think about the things and think about the decisions that we're making and think back about, just think about all of the mistakes we've made. 
sit back and think about, you know, how, how we need improvement, what areas we need improvement in. Because we need to improve every day. It's not a day that we, we shouldn't be improving. We don't have it together. The only way we can get it together is through Jesus Christ. This is a lot of reason why our youth, for real, are doing the things that they're doing because we've gotten to the point that we just become comfortable. They don't have that model anymore of people just being the radical Christians. We need those radical Christians that's going to sit up here and tell you that, you know, I ain't done it right myself. But I know one thing, the one thing I did do right is I gave myself to Jesus. And he made it right for me. He made it right for me. You know, we, it's, too much, it's too much of like I did this and I did this. We boasting ourselves too much when we should be boasting in the Lord. We should be boasting in the Lord. We can't do nothing without him. We are nothing without Jesus. My next point is priorities. Now, I know uh, nowadays in this fast-paced society that prioritizing is hard to, to balance. But I'm going to be presenting a small list of priorities that we all should follow, especially Christians. And the first one is put God first. Come on now. Deuteronomy 6 and 5 said, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Yes, Lord. But like I said, we've gotten to a point that now we're, we have lost our first love. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have lost our first love in Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when we, have, when we get to the point to where we, we can confess our sins and repent, because that's what all Jesus wants us to do. He, has, he asks us for repent. When he, in the book of Revelations, when he is talking to the seven churches, he wasn't only talking about those seven churches of then, he was talking about even now, the churches now. We need to wake up. We becoming lukewarm. We becoming lukewarm. We lost our first love. We need to repent for our sins. We need to come to him. And then we can walk with confidence in Jesus Christ. And we don't have to feel ashamed anymore. We don't have to be so ashamed to, to, to come to one another and even confess our sins to one another. Because down the line of life, whether it's through marriage, whether it's through your friendships, relationships, whether it's on your job, you're going to always have a problem with somebody. You're going to always have a problem with somebody. But when you give your problems to the Lord and you repent, it gives you the strength to be able to even come to that person and have reconciliation and restoration. 
This is what peace is. Peace is restoration and reconciliation. Peace is not having everything happy and walking around like the Smurfs. La, 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 la. That's not peace. That's not peace. Jesus said he did not come to bring peace. They come to bring the sword. That's the word. Of, that's the word, the gospel. Because in this life, you're going to struggle. In this life, you're going to have pain. If they did it to Jesus, why won't you think they won't do it to us? But you got to have the strength. You got to have the strength and the courage to come to Jesus. But you can't do it without Jesus. Jesus talks about us confessing our sins to one another. Not only confessing our sins to, to him, but confessing our sins to one another so that we may be healed. Our, my second, my second uh, list, part of my list is uh, the, per, the second people that we should uh, top second priority is uh, if marriage or spouse. That, that should be the next person, your husband or wife. Ephesians 22, uh, 25. Ephesians 22 says that uh, wives honor, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And verse 25 says husbands Love your wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, we say we uh, we quote we uh, sit, quote these vows to one another, but I don't think a lot of us are having most of more than half of us don't take them seriously. I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just being real. You know, we wanna we wanna look at all the good parts, cherish and all that. But what about sickness and health to death do us part? What about, what about, you know, going through the rough times with one another? What about praying because a family that prays together stays together? You know, we got too many divorces. We got too many splitting up, people splitting up. And now our youth don't have nobody to look up to anymore. They don't have that perfect model of marriage. And I ain't talking about walking in righteousness like we had, like we could do, like, like we're perfect. But I'm talking about a family that prays together. I'm talking about a family that ain't ashamed of praising the Lord. I'm talking a family about a family that makes mistakes. They ain't ashamed to admit their mistakes. I'm talking a family that can overcome and talk about their problems so they can make it right, not only for themselves, not only for their children, but ultimately God. Next, our, uh, our parents are to raise godly children who will be the next generation of, to love, to be the ones to love God with all their heart. Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child. Teach him the way so that when he gets old, he won't, they won't depart from it. Third one, the, after, your God, after God, your spouse, and your children, your parents should come next. Honor thy parents. It's Deuteronomy 5, 16. Honor thy mother and father, your days will be longer. And after parents comes your other relatives. 1 Timothy 5 and 8 says, Anyone who does not provide for relatives, and especially on household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And the fourth point, the, first, the fourth priority in the, in the list is the church, your brothers and sisters in Christ. See, we got to the point now, though, that we put church before our family. 
We even put church before God. And, and it's so easy to do that because sometimes you, you thinking that, oh, you know, I'm going to church. I'm putting God first. Oh, no, if your heart and mind ain't in the right place, you ain't putting God first. Amen. It don't matter if you're in the church or not. That's, that's what uh, Martha did. Jesus was right there in the flesh. And her mind, heart and mind wasn't even on, on God. And he was right there. So that's what I'm saying. We need to, the Ephesians 4 and 32 said that we need, to, we need to be loving to one another. We need to be gentle hearted and kind to one another. Forgiving one another as God forgave us. That's the problem with the church today. And that's why it's becoming, it's becoming like, it's like a, a, a domino effect. It's becoming contagious now. It, 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 this, this, this sickness of unforgiveness is passing through our whole society. It's passing through the whole world like a deadly disease. But we want to talk about what cigarette does to us. And we want to talk about what alcohol does to us. But unforgiving is probably the worst thing we can do in our lives is being unforgiving. That is killing a lot of us. That is, that is more, that's killing us more than tobacco. And we sit up here and watch these things, and we don't keep our minds focused on, we need to put our hearts and minds on the Lord. I'm not saying that these things are bad for us, but our main thing is to be putting our hearts in the Lord, and our Lord needs to be the number one priority. If we're not forgiving one another, how can we expect somebody to forgive us? And ultimately, how can we expect God to forgive us? God said if he didn't forgive, if we don't forgive one another, he ain't going to forgive us. And that's the worst, that's, that's the, the, the depressing moment of uh, life to live. That's a depressing life to live when you don't have God's forgiveness. Do you know that depression is a leading cause to death? One of the leading causes to death, you know, suicide. We, that depression derives, suicide derives from depression. Doing it, uh, take, uh, consuming some of the things in our body that we shouldn't consume is from depression. We all do it. We all do wrong. My fifth point, finally, my final point of my priority list is finally, we need to rest the rest of the world, the rest of the world, we need to, to whom we bring the gospel and make the disciples of Christ. Matthew 28 and 19. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, another Son, another Holy Spirit. This is our job. And we must live, we just know now that, that our priorities need to be in order. It may be hard, but at least if we're doing some of it, at least we were trying to make an effort of putting God first, our family, and then whoever, whomever else after that, we're doing the best that we can in Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right, all right. Lord, Jesus is the only thing. Jesus is the only one that can keep us in order. We want to talk about that we need to get our house in order. Jesus already know we messed up. He ain't talking about, he ain't talking about cleaning up your house. He ain't talking about being fake to one another, but he's talking about loving one another. He's talking about having restoration. He's talking about having reconciliation, not only with each, not only with each other, but ultimately with him. Jesus is the answer. He's the only one. And I just thank you. I thank you for listening, and I thank God for using me ultimately.
you've been awesome, girl.